Okay, hello Valley Creek family, it is really good to see you. Let's take a moment and welcome in all of our campuses. If you're joining us at Flower Mound Venue, Louisville, Denton, online, or maybe one of our extension sites, can we all welcome each other together? Really glad. Really glad to see you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of what God is doing in the Valley Creek family. So we have been on a journey together. And over these last few weeks, we have been learning what it's like to become a great friend. We've been learning that friendship happens face to face. And just like Jesus was a great friend and he shows us what friendship looks like, we can learn to be a great friend to others. To have a friend, we must be a friend. And so we've been each week just looking at one attribute of how Jesus was a great friend. In week one, we said that Jesus was available and that to be a great friend, you must be available. We saw how Jesus pursued relationships in week two. And in week three, last week, we talked about being aware of your friends. So this week, we are going to broach everybody's favorite topic, choosing to be vulnerable. That's right, we saved the worst for last. So we're gonna learn how to become more vulnerable in order to become a great friend. You know why we hate the word vulnerable? Because the word vulnerable actually comes from the root word for wound, to be wounded. And for many of us, vulnerability reminds us that we've been wounded in the past or it scares us that we might be wounded in the future. You see, we might have those times that we remembered being vulnerable and it didn't work out so well. When you shared that dream with your friend and they just didn't seem to care that much or they weren't that excited for it. When you shared your heart with somebody and they didn't seem to be comfortable or they didn't seem to be willing to go there with your heart. When you shared that secret or that concern and they weren't careful with how they responded, we've been wounded in the past. And that's why vulnerable is in the super scary word category, like public speaking, or snakes, or clowns, or clown snakes, or vulnerability. It's one of those really scary words. I mean, just saying the word sounds scary, right? I was talking with my friend about, uh, I don't know, about six months ago, and um, it's a great friend of mine, and he was just really honest with me. He's like, man, I actually feel like sometimes you're not very vulnerable. And when he said that, I heard it, and I heard him, and I, and I wanted to be able to receive it, and quite frankly, at first, I just dismissed it. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm an open book. I don't know that he's viewing it right. He just doesn't, he doesn't really maybe, he's not around me at the right times. And then the more that I thought about it, the more I realized that there might be some fear there that I don't even fully realize. And so I'm going on this journey with you. I wanna go on this journey to learn to be more vulnerable, vulnerable because vulnerability can be so scary. So we're gonna be in this thing together because we have nothing to fear, nothing to lose, and so much to gain if we're willing to be vulnerable. So let me just, let me answer that. What is there to gain? Well, first of all, you can gain a little bit more of an experience of Jesus in your life because Jesus fully knows you and he fully loves you. In Jesus, you're fully known, fully loved with no fear of rejection. Now, the question is, do other people fully know you so that they can have a chance to fully love you? Do people really know you, not just know about you, do they know you? The real you, because vulnerability on earth is, catch this, a chance to experience something on earth as it is in heaven. Because in the heavenly realms, you're fully known, fully loved, with no fear of rejection by the Father in heaven, so when you become more like that with people on earth, you're literally experiencing on earth as it is in heaven. 
That's why vulnerability is so important. If you know more of me, you can love more of me. You can accept me, the real me. So being fully known by God, it gives me the confidence to try to be a little bit more fully known by someone else. And being fully loved by God gives me the strength I need to reach in and become more loved by other people in my life. So each week we've been looking at the words of Jesus in John 15 about love and friendship. So John 15, starting in verse 12. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you, because greater love has no one than this, than to lay lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. I have made known to you. So Jesus didn't just say, I've made known, just a little snippet, just the best parts, just the parts that are clean, that look good on the outside. No, he said, everything. Jesus didn't just say, I let you know about my perfectly filtered Instagram account with the right caption that shows that everything looks great in my life. No, no, I've made known to you the hard things, the deep things, my understanding. I've made it all known to you. Jesus was vulnerable. He was open. He lived wholeheartedly. And that's part of what made him a great friend. Towards the end of Mark, we read about a very vulnerable moment that Jesus displayed to his disciples. It starts in Mark 14, verse 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to become deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if it was possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. So Jesus knows what's about to happen. What he does is he takes three of his closest disciples, Peter, James, and John with him. And what I think is so interesting is he could have gone alone. He didn't have to go with them. But I think he wanted them to be there both for companionship and so that he could display what vulnerability looks like. And so the world expects leaders to just show their strength, to to just toughen up, to just kind of suck it up and push through. But Jesus wants to show his vulnerability. Verse 34, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Let me ask you, have you ever even remotely said something that vulnerable? Like even to a spouse. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. That is deep. That is raw. That is exposed. And Jesus was a great friend because he was great at being vulnerable with his friends. He even walks a few steps away from where they're sitting, and he actually falls down in a heap. And he continues to be sad and full of sorrow right in front of him. No false pretense, no show, just real. Just real hurt, pain, sorrow, wounds, vulnerability. It was a tough, beautiful moment. How? How did Jesus do that? How did he lead so well and yet be so vulnerable? Well, we see it all through the scriptures. Like in a John eleven thirty five, when he's going to the death of Lazarus, he finds out Lazarus has died. And it says, Jesus wept. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. Why can't we memorize that verse here at Valley Creek for the year? You know, I'm like, like, I got that. Like, Jesus wept. You can memorize that if you want to. Just do Colossians 2, 6, and 7 also. 
So earlier in Matthew, he says, when I long to gather Jerusalem like a mother hen gathers her chicks, he would use these vulnerable phrases. How did he do that? How did he lead so well and yet be so vulnerable? Well, here's what I think. Jesus lived and loved from his identity. He lived and loved from his identity. You know this verse, Matthew 3.17. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I believe that Jesus heard those words over and over in, my, in his mind. This is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. This is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. He would hear the words of his father. You see, Jesus was fully known fully loved, with no fear of rejection from the Father, so he could be fully known, fully loved, with no fear of rejection by others. And so can you. So here's just a couple of thoughts on being vulnerable. Here's the first one. A great friend is vulnerable. So vulnerability is so ironic, isn't it? Because usually the first thing I want to see in you is the last thing I want to show in me. The first thing I want to see in a friend, vulnerability, is the last thing I want to display to a friend, vulnerability. Like, I love it in other people, I loathe it in myself, but we have to flip the script in our own minds because great friends are really vulnerable. Vulnerability is just letting you in to see the real me. Not the me that the world says that I am, not the me that I even think that I am, the me that the Father says that I am. The real me. And that is living from your whole heart. Letting the real you permeate to the outside of you. Letting the inside come to the outside. Living a wholehearted life. So who are you really? Who does the Father say that you are in Jesus? Beloved. Worthy. Righteous. Forgiven. Holy. Not ashamed. Full of joy. Full of hope. Full of peace with access to the Father, the one in whom he's well pleased. So let me ask, what do we have to fear? About a year and a half ago, um, I had this revelation from God about some of my fear in my life. I I was right in the middle of teaching a class and we were in this prayer time and I realized that um, as I was praying, the Lord was giving me a revelation about where some of my fear and control comes from. So when I was about eight years old, Uh, I grew up in a neighborhood, which was a great place to grow up, but there was these four boys that were brothers, and I was the only brother in my family. And these boys would chase me around. They would chase me around on bicycles. They would just try to pick on me. They'd try to scare me. I'm sure it was just like little kid activity, but it seemed so big in my mind. It seemed so scary to my little eight-year-old self. And so what I would do is I would learn to figure out how to outsmart them. If I could learn to figure out how to outsmart them, to take different paths than where they'd be riding their bikes, and and to go to the bus stop with just a few seconds left to go so the bus driver could see us, so they wouldn't beat me up at the bus stop so the driver had, like, view, you know, us in the, the line of sight. If I could learn to outsmart them, then I would be safe. Let's see if you can catch it. If I could learn to control it, then I would be safe. If I could control it, then I wouldn't have fear anymore. And so the revelation from God about somebody I hadn't thought about in decades, people I hadn't thought about in decades of my life was, I don't have to control things. I don't have to control the narrative or what people think about me. I don't have to live in fear. Psalm 118.6, for the Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? 
That is an important question. The Lord's for me, I will not fear. What can man do to me? I know what you're thinking a lot, Jason. They made fun of me, they crush my hopes and dreams, they gossip about me, they put one of those angry faces on my Facebook post, they can chase me around the neighborhood in bicycles. Okay, I know, I hear you. Yes, that's all, that's all real. It's a real felt response. But Jesus invites us just to take a step, to follow his lead, just taking one more step and sharing our hearts. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about levels of sharing. Vulnerability is not oversharing with the wrong people and it's not undersharing with the right people. Vulnerability is not oversharing with the wrong people. I don't know if you've picked up on this, but as a society, we have a tendency to overshare in public and undershare in private. It's the people on their Facebook posts that start off the morning like, hey, hey Facebook, how's everybody doing? I just want you to know I woke up with a rash this morning. Like, what? what? Why? What? I, no, I don't want to know about that. And so I don't know if you've noticed, but some people really struggle with oversharing in a, in a large scale setting. Here's why that's not vulnerability. That is Saiyan spray. And the reason that's Saiyan spray is because I can just lay it out and be like, oh, I'm so real, like I'm being vulnerable. But nobody ever actually gets a chance to speak directly back to me about the thing I'm being vulnerable about. So vulnerability is being face to face, one on one with a person where they can dig in, ask questions, be more aware, like we talked about last week of my situation. And not undersharing with the right people. Like we learned about that last week, three word questions. How's it going? I'm good, right? I'm good. So three word and two word answers. That's an undersharing with the right people. It's the people that if you ever start digging a little deeper, they wanna pop right back up to the surface. Or the people that always make a joke. Everything's a joke, it always comes back to being ha ha funny. Or when you ask a direct question, they do not give you a direct answer. So that's undersharing with the right people. Instead, Jesus is inviting us to just be vulnerable, really just sharing. Just sharing with the person that's in front of us one more thing than we might be comfortable with sharing. You know, actually, I'm not doing so good. It's been a tough season. It's been tough with my kids. Or, hey, I, actually, I got a lot of hope. I got this, this hope in my heart that things are getting, they're getting better, that Jesus is working. Sharing in those kind of ways. Because every time we do that, every time that we're vulnerable with just the person in front of us, saying one more thing than we might have been comfortable to say before, a little bit more of the mask is being removed. And a little bit more of Jesus is being revealed. Your persona is a mask of what you want people to think that you are. Literally, that's what the word persona means. It means a mask. So it's time to remove the mask and reveal Jesus. And we can do that by just sharing a little bit more. You guys remember in the movie, The Wizard of Oz? And the Wizard of Oz was like, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And Dorothy goes up to him and it's a man like pulling levers. I think we feel like that sometimes when we're, when we're vulnerable. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I was thinking about this this week. What if there's nothing scary behind the curtain? And, and not only that, what if there's actually something amazing behind the curtain? Because if you have Jesus inside of you, Jesus is behind the curtain. So you have him, you actually want to display Jesus. Like when you get that vulnerability hangover, like if you're talking with somebody and you're like, oh man, I shouldn't have said that to him. I shouldn't have told him about my kids. I shouldn't have said that about my finances. Like you're driving home like, honey, we shared too much. As soon as you have that, think to yourself, actually, you know what? I'm not afraid of what's behind the curtain. I'm gonna show what's behind the curtain because there's nothing to hide. There's everything to see. You actually don't wanna hide it, it's Jesus. 
It's his work in, in your life. What if the deeper that you see into me, the more you see the work of Jesus in me? And what if revealing my life to others actually reveals more of his life in me? You should pay attention to the man behind the curtain. The man behind the curtain is Jesus. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. And it's to show that the all-surpassing power is from God. It's not from us. The treasure of Jesus in these broke down, busted up bodies. I want to show the treasure. Colossians 1.27, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The deeper inside you go, the more of Jesus you see. We've got to stop believing the lie. When you feel like you're scared to be vulnerable, think to yourself, no, I'm actually displaying Jesus. What's on the inside is coming to the outside. His work in my life is being displayed. Stop believing the line. You got nothing to hide. If Jesus doesn't judge you, why do you? When I'm vulnerable, it doesn't expose my ugly. It exposes his glory. Yeah, you know, I got this addictive personality. I've had it for a lot of years. I've been struggling through it. But you know what? Jesus is transforming me. Yeah, I've had this anger thing going on. Man, I'm trying to live in the peace of the Spirit. I feel his peace working through my life. I'm breaking through. Yeah, I got this control issue thing. It comes from when I was little. These kids would chase me around, but I feel like I just want to give up control to Jesus and let him have control of my life. Remove the mask, reveal Jesus. And not just being vulnerable, but vulnerable about the negative things in your life, also be vulnerable about the positive things in your life. So you share your hurts and your pains and you share your hopes and your dreams. When Jesus would say things like, my soul is overwhelmed, that was a hurt, that was a pain, but he would also say things like in John 14, when he said, you're gonna do even greater things than I'm gonna do. That was a hope that he was sharing. When Jesus in Matthew 16 said, you're Peter, on this rock, I'm gonna build my church, the gates of Hades will not overcome it. That's a dream that he was sharing. So not just hurts and pains, I wanna be vulnerable about the positive things in my life also. So practically, how do we do that? Well, last week, we learned about the power of awareness being through the question, just tell me more. So here is the power of vulnerability. Just say one more. Say one more thing than you might have been comfortable in saying. What's the last 10%? What's the last 10% that you really didn't want to share, but the Spirit is prompting you you probably should share because there's freedom in sharing it. There's more of experiencing it on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to share that thing. Say one more. Just say one more thing than you might have been comfortable in sharing. Because honestly, just tell them, here's what's going on. Here's what's really happening in my life. What I want to encourage you on is that one inch of vulnerability in you can release miles of vulnerability in the person you're talking to. Just say one more. Say one more thing than might have been comfortable. Many times the last thing we want to say is the first thing we should say. So don't, don't tell them about your rash. You can say that for Facebook. But tell them what Jesus is doing in your life. Tell them how he's moving. Just tell them and show them your heart. Positive, negatives, hurts and fears, hopes and dreams. Say one more thing. Insecure people can't share their heart, but secure people go on a journey of sharing a little bit more of their heart, piece by piece, little by little. Just say one more. Church, here's why this is so important. The world fakes it all the time. Social media, news, newscasts, 
blogs. They fake it. They fake it. They fake it. The world needs to see something real. They need to really see Jesus who's really working inside of you, who's the real hope for their life. So share that realness. Share what Jesus is doing. Say one more thing. Great friends are great at being vulnerable. Here's the second thing. A great friend draws out vulnerability in others. A great friend draws out vulnerability in others. We've been working with our seventh grader, Anna, to learn to ask questions in order to make friends and draw out vulnerability, right? Draw out connection. And I don't know if you picked up on this, but people love to talk about themselves. So if you want to be a great friend, help ask questions about things that people can feel you know, comfortable in, in answering. Um, but we've been teaching her to ask questions, and so it gets a little bit awkward sometimes because she'll sit there and she'll think about, well, what kind of question should I, should I ask? And uh, just the other week, she was talking to a middle-aged woman here at Valley Creek Church, and I could see her wheels spinning like, okay, what kind of question am I going to ask? And as she's thinking that, I'm like, oh, please, Jesus, let this be a question that she should ask. So she comes right up to her, and she goes, so how old are you? Oh, well, not quite like that, but great friends do ask questions. Check out Proverbs 20, verse 5. The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters but the one who has insight draws them out. So people are infinitely interesting because they're made in the image of the infinite creator God. So every time that I learn a little bit more about somebody, there's even a little bit more that I can learn about them. So I can always start by asking questions. Great friends help draw out their friends' hearts. How? By creating a safe place to be vulnerable. When we started the series, I asked you, are you emotionally available and are you a safe person? I asked those two questions because that is how you can begin to draw out vulnerability in someone else. And I'm gonna give you three real practical ways to draw out vulnerability in a conversation. Here's the first one. Look them in the eyes. If a person is in front of you, then the image of God is in front of you. So value God's image. Look them right in the eyes. I see you, I hear your words, I value your heart. Looking at someone's face simply says, I'm, I'm working to know you more so I can learn to love you more. So look them right in the eyes. That means parents, put down the technology, turn off the TV. When you go out to a restaurant, I encourage you, literally face away from the TVs. Like go to places that are quieter that you can focus and really look into someone's eyes. That looks into their heart. I'm, I'm learning to know you more so I can learn to love you more. Here's the second one. Take a breath. Take a breath. Honestly, a little vulnerability on my side. I miss way too many moments to listen because I am too busy talking, and I miss way too many moments to hear somebody's heart because I'm trying to figure out how to solve the problem. I got the vanilla ice method. If you got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. But that is not the best way to be a great friend. That is bad advice because only Jesus can solve it, not vanilla ice. So if you take a breath, it helps slow things down because the world wants our hearts to race ahead and worry. Jesus wants our hearts to sit at rest. Take a breath. Slow down the conversation. Sometimes pacing and breath can do exactly that because the peace of God always counteracts the pace of the world. So when you breathe, you breathe in the peace of God into a situation, you help counteract the pace of the world. When you slow things down and draw out vulnerability, they're gonna feel more peaceful, you're gonna feel more peaceful, they're gonna be willing to share more, you're gonna be ready to listen more. Stop, take a breath, then proceed. 
breathe in the life-giving nature of Jesus so you can breathe it out in the conversation. Here's the third one, third way to help draw out vulnerability. Say thank you for. When somebody's being vulnerable, be self-aware enough to say thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for being so open and honest because it is a major next step for them to be vulnerable. So if they're willing to share it, what you need to do is celebrate that next step in their life. Celebrating that more of the purposes of heaven are coming out of their heart. The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters. The one that has insight draws them out. I'm going to celebrate the deep waters coming from the inside to the outside. Thank you for sharing that. Wow, that was deep. That, was, that took so much for you to be able to tell me that thank you because the mask is being removed and Jesus is being revealed. I want to celebrate that. Thank you for sharing rewards the hard work of bringing painful things to the surface. If they share their hopes and dreams, it means more of the hopes and dreams of heaven are coming out of them and being exposed to the world around them. Man, I'm going to celebrate that. Thank you for saying that. So there you go. Look them in the eyes. Take a breath and say, thank you for dot, dot, dot. Those are some ways to draw out vulnerability. I can remember my mom telling me that eventually, if you had a wound, you had to take off the Band-Aid because you had to expose it to the air and to the light. There's no way for it to fully heal unless it's exposed. And that's true for areas of vulnerability also. There's no way for us to fully heal as people unless we start to become more exposed more open, more vulnerable, letting the light, letting the light of heaven come into the situation, letting the air, the breath of God speak into their life. You have to be vulnerable. There is wholeness to be experienced. So great friends come together face to face. They're willing to be vulnerable. You can only be loved to the level at which you're known. Some of you have been desperate to experience more love in your life. So you need to be more known. Because that's the only way that someone can actually love you. Because they can only love the parts that they know. So over the past four weeks, we've talked about how Jesus was a great friend. How he was available, how he pursued, how he was aware, and now how he was vulnerable with those that he was around. So here's my question for you. Can you choose to just take one next step? Don't think about all four weeks. Don't think about all these different things. Don't let it spin around your mind. Just one next step. What's the one next thing you can do in order to learn to become a great friend? We're not asking for a giant leap. Just one next step into friendship. Let me finish with this. So Moses would speak to God as a a man would speak to a friend face to face. And what would happen is Moses would go and have these direct conversations with God and then his face would glow with the radiance of God. And he'd actually have to cover his face because it was so bright it was like, you're scaring us, Moses. So he'd have to cover it so the radiance wasn't fully seen by the people around him. And the same is kind of true for us, but it's a little bit different now. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. Catch it. Being face-to-face with a friend is a chance to reflect the love of the Father to that friend. So where we, when it all comes down to it, when we finish this out, what you're doing being face-to-face with a friend 
is you're reflecting the love of the Father to that person. So that means that being available reflects that Jesus is always available to them in their times of need. That means that being willing to pursue reflects the fact that Jesus pursued them from heaven to earth, from earth to the cross, from the cross to the grave, from the grave back to heaven. He's pursuing them. Being aware of them reflects that God is aware of them, of their situation, of their moment. He is the God who sees. And being vulnerable reflects that Jesus was vulnerable. His hurts, his pains, his hopes, and his dreams. He was vulnerable. And we can be too, living from our whole heart. You see, Jesus was a great friend to us. So now that we've gone four weeks, and we've learned, and we've listened, and we've leaned in, it's time to take a next step. So what is that next step? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Jesus was a great friend to us. We can be a great friend to others. Let's pray. So Holy Spirit, we ask right now that you would reveal that next step. How do we move just one more step in learning to become a great friend. Will you just show that to us right now? So church, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? those face-to-face friendships are a chance to reflect the love of the Father. He has so much love, he wants to bounce back and forth to the world. And he does that off of you, onto them. Being available, pursuing, being aware, being vulnerable. Lord, I pray for every person in this place that feels like the fear of vulnerability is just overwhelming. May we be a church that just wants to let the whole world see the man behind the curtain. The work that Jesus is doing inside of us, that we would have that kind of courage, that we'd have that kind of strength, that kind of boldness to walk boldly into conversations, to speak the truth of what you're doing in our life to people so they can see so they can see what's real. In a world of what's fake, they can see the realness of a real God who really loves them. May that be true for everybody in the Valley Creek family. May we take just one more step in learning to become a great friend. You were a great friend to us, Jesus. And we love you. In your precious name, amen.